take a seat. Well, good morning. As I said earlier, my name's Simon, and uh, I'm what you're left with when all the leaders go on holiday or are ill, basically. <laughs> so, hello. Uh, first off, I'm going to need a, a volunteer, uh, somebody who's fast, because I left my notes at the back there. Uh, Joel, you're nearest. They're right on the... There we go. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> oh, Josiah's going for it, but he forgot the notes. Ah, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thanks very much. It's all going to be fine, apparently. So, um, sorry, I'm ju I've just realised I've left my phone on, and that's not a good move, is it? I'll make sure it's silent. So, hello. Um, words is what we're talking about today. Um, those of us who uh, speak English, which is hopefully all of us, because I'm not speaking another language, uh, know that the English language is full of words that are a little bit confusing at times. Um, words like there. Who's ever written the wrong kind of there? Um, we got there, and we got there, and we got there, haven't we? And let me tell you, if you write one of those wrong on a, a Facebook post, you'll be pounced on by about 100 different grammar police. And what about bow, B-O-W? How many different uh, meanings for the word bow are there? There's bow, as in tie a bow in your hair or something. There's bow and arrow. There's bow, it's not bow, it's a bow, the bow of the boat as well, isn't there? There's, um, you, you can bow out of something, which is to decide you're not going to do it. There's bowing, as in curtsy, like a curtsy, but for a bloke. Uh, there's a bow, like an arc, like a rainbow. Um, and then there's a violin bow, and I probably missed some. That's the English language for you. And this is, this is incredibly confusing, but it's also brilliant, because it works for uh, jokes. Um, so a lot of good jokes uh, are based on this kind of thing, aren't they? Like, uh, there's two fish in a tank, and one says to the other one, how do you drive this thing? There we go. Uh, and, and my favorite, uh, you, you've heard time flies, uh, time flies like an arrow, Fruit flies like a banana. It's a good one. So, um, <laughs> a few people got that a little bit later than other people, didn't they? Which is always amusing. <laughs> uh, but that, that's, that's what we know that about the English language, don't we? That different words have, uh, or the same word has different meanings. Um, so today we're going to talk about a word that has lots of different meanings. And just to add extra confusion to that matter, the word we're going to talk about is word. So, word has lots of different meanings. Well, three that we're going to pick out today. Have you ever considered uh, just how amazing words are, how powerful they are? Think of what you can convey just through saying something. It's, it's a bizarre thought that I, I can wiggle my vocal cords and I can put an idea into your head where there's no ideas already. I'm, I'm imagining you're all just sat there with completely blank blank brains, and I say something, and it puts something into your head, which is quite a phenomenal thought, if you think about it. Like, so far, none of you have been thinking about a castle, but right now, you've all got an image of a castle in your head, apart from Hannah, who's watching a series called Castle, so she's thinking about that, a crime series. Um, or if I say Paris, another image pops into your head. How about toenails? I know, there you go. I've got so much power, it's brilliant. What about uh, if I say baby shark? Oh, no. 
Yeah, some of you are thinking, oh, a little baby shark. Others who've heard the song are thinking, oh my goodness, don't do that. All right, and just one uh, uh, belly button fluff. There you go. I love it. I'm not going to go any further, don't worry. Um, but it's, it's not just physical things that, um, that, uh, that we, can, we can think about. If I, I could give you an abstract idea, and that will put that idea into your head, like uh, sideways. It means something to different people, doesn't it? Uh, cold. What about quack reversal? That's my favorite word in the English language. It's got two QUs in it, which is pretty cool. It means pointing in all directions from a central point, like a volcano. Anyway, uh, we're here to inform, educate, and entertain, aren't we? That's the BBC, sorry. Anyway, beyond that, they, they can convey a sense of, of feeling. So we've got concrete ideas, abstract ideas, and even feelings. So if I say happy, you may not feel happy, but you've got a sense of what happiness means, or uh, maybe Sorrow. You've got a feeling of what that means, haven't you? And Miles' favourite word, Miles, my son. Favourite word? Discombobulated. Discombobulated. That's a good word. You may or may not be feeling discombobulated at the moment. So it, that's, that is amazing. And do you realise that that's something that is unique to humans? I know that the dolphins have their clicky, clicky, clicks and stuff, and, and whales have their whale noise kind of thing. But uh, and I'm sure like, if you watch David Attenborough, he'll tell you that they say some fairly complex things to each other, which is awesome, and, and I love nature as well. Uh, but like, their language is pretty much limited to where's the food, or look out, there's a shark coming, or shall we make some babies? That's, that's kind of what they talk about, isn't it? There's nothing much else in the animal kingdom. And the Bible tells us that we are set apart. We're set apart from uh, other animals. In fact, we're created in the image of God. That's what God tells us in his word. And that can be a tricky concept to get our heads around. And I was thinking, actually, that would be a brilliant series for us to do at some point. Ashley noted. Uh, being made in the image of God. Um, but basically, it's like we've got his DNA in us. He's compassionate so we're compassionate. He is love, so we can love. He's creative, we're creative. He is a God who speaks, we are people who speak. Now, regardless of what other people say, we are set apart from the other animals. Dogs don't sing sea shanties, do they? And meerkats don't do Shakespeare, and monkeys don't do acrostic poems. Speaking of acrostic poems, who's ever read Psalm 119? See what I did there? That was a segue if you ever saw one. Uh, if, you, if you've never read Psalm 119, don't worry, because we're going to read it later. I've got a bunch of volunteers, and I'm looking out, and I'm hoping, hoping that they're all here. Uh, a bunch of volunteers who are going to help us read it. But um, there's a few things that, uh, that you should know about Psalm 119. First of all, if you open your Bible, it's pretty much dead center in your Bible. If you've got, do you remember old paper Bibles before the phone Bible? If you open it, it's smack bang in the middle, pretty much. Um, it is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's probably written by, well, we, we don't know who exactly who it's written by, possibly David, possibly Jeremiah, a couple of other names, but anyway, somebody great. Um, 
And one of the most fascinating things about this psalm is it is um, it's an acrostic poem. And we're just going to take a look. Here's, uh, if you look on the right-hand side, um, that's uh, Hebrew language, which is the, the language that the Old Testament was written in. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I still found this pretty interesting. If you look down the, the right-hand side there, um, there's the first letter for each of the first eight verses. And that letter is Aleph, which is like the Hebrew A. And then if we move on to the next eight verses, uh, it's the, the first letter um, is the same for each of those, and that's the, the letter Beth. Hello, Beth. Good to see you. Um, and the, the, next three, uh, the next eight verses, um, the first letter is the same for the next eight verses, and that's the letter Gimel. That is, um, I'm not going to go to all of that like that, don't worry. But that is um, pretty, pretty amazing, isn't it? There's uh, 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and in Psalm 119, it goes through all 22 letters, the first like eight, eight verses, starting with that letter. Now, we've probably seen acrostic poems before, and maybe we thought, yeah, that's pretty cool, or that's not that awesome. But uh, I just found that quite amazing that... Uh, that, that, that is the way the, the writer of this, this psalm wrote it. The problem for us is that it gets lost in translation, doesn't it? Unless we are Hebrew scholars, we don't really understand that because the translation for that word into English doesn't start with the same letter all the time. Um, so, and there, there are various other things that, that sort of get lost in translation as we read the Bible. And it's good for us to look back at what was the original text sometimes. We believe that, uh, that all scripture, all of the Bible, is God-breathed. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, God says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Just consider for a moment what that means for a chapter like one, uh, Psalm 119. If all scripture is God-breathed, God has inspired somebody not just to write a poem in worship to God, because there, there are lots of poems in the Bible, particularly in the Psalms, but in other places in the Bible. God's inspired somebody not just to write a poem, but to write a poem with that amount of detail and uh, that amount of accuracy, um, 176 verses of acrostic poetry. I'm not actually uh, particularly into literacy. Maybe I should go back to school and study it again because I'm a bit more interested than I was when I was 12, I'll be honest. Anyway, uh, why, would, why would God do that is a question. Well, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, acrostic poems um, give a structure that helps us to memorise. Um, it's a how do you say mnemonic? It's got an M and an N together. I don't know how you do that. It's a mnemonic. There we go. Um, so we're familiar with those kind of things. Like if I said uh, Richard of York gave battle in vain, what's that about? Rainbows. There we go. If I said never eat shredded wheat, what's that about? It's a compass. North, uh, northeast, southwest. Uh, what about uh, those of you who have done your GCSEs recently? Sokotoa. Ah, oh, yes. Who's ever used Sokotoa in real life? Mike's the only one who's used trigonometry. There we go. 
<laughs> so we're familiar with these kind of things, um, and we use them to memorize useful information, or not so useful information sometimes. Uh, but, but we don't tend to be so hot on memorizing the Bible nowadays, do we? It's maybe because it's so readily available to us. I mean, we've probably all got at least one copy of the Bible kicking around the house, if not five or ten. We've all, most of us, have got a mobile phone and got the phone, got the, uh, the Bible app on our phone. It's so readily available to us. But for people 2,500 years ago, it, it was an oral culture. They, they, most people couldn't read or write. Uh, if they could read, then the scrolls were only kept in the temple, so it was only really the scholars who could read it. So these things were passed down by memorizing things. And I think we've lost something there, haven't we, by not memorizing these things? Because actually, as wonderful it is as it is to be able to search on your phone, uh, where does it say um, uh, all scripture is God-breathed? If actually you can remember it, if you can remember those verses, then you don't even have to look on your phone. And, and when you have a moment where you, you're struggling with something, then those words are already in our mind, they're in our hearts, and we can then use those words more readily than just relying on this, find Google or find it for me. I'll leave that one there for us. That's a challenge for me as much as anyone else. Uh, so that's one reason, because it's memorable. Secondly, um, by basing this psalm around uh, the whole Hebrew alphabet, um, from, from Aleph to Tor, Tav, um, or A to Z in our language, it, it says something about the completeness of God. Um, the God that we worship is, is over everything. He was there before the beginning, and he's already there at the end. In Revelation 22:13, God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's A to Z in Greek, basically. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. That's such a good reminder to put our life into perspective, isn't it? When we're, when we're struggling to make sense of what's going on in the world, to remember that God is before and after everything. He is absolutely over everything. So in a minute, we're going to read through um, that psalm as a way of worshipping God. And as I said before, I've got a few helpers with that. But before we do, I said I wanted us to think about the word, word, this morning. We've talked about how amazing words are, just words in general, our language, how creative they can be and how we can convey complex ideas and thoughts through them. And then we went on to talk about the word, as in the word of God, as in all scripture is God-breathed. And what you'll discover as we read this psalm in a, in a bit is that it's all about God's word. Over and over again, the author talks about God's word. It's like he grabbed an ancient Hebrew thesaurus and uh, just tried to find as many words to use to talk about what God's word is. He uses terms like instructions, commandments, decrees, law, regulations, truth, advice, word, promise. All of them are synonyms for, for God's word in this psalm. And uh, he, he also then goes to, to reflect on how God's word is like God. So he uses words that, that describe the character of God, like righteousness, trustworthiness, truthfulness, faithfulness. Purity, God is unchangeable, eternal, and light. 
And if we bear in mind that when the psalmist, whoever it was who wrote this, we know roughly when it was written, uh, when he was talking about the word, all he had was the Torah, which is the first five books in the Bible. So we've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I don't know how many of us have read those. There's some awesome stuff that goes on in there, but there's also some stuff that we wouldn't find all that inspiring, like lots of rules and regulations that we sometimes skip over. I don't remember the last time there was a sermon on Levit- from Leviticus. Another suggestion, Ashley. Here we go. Uh, so... That's all this author had. He had the first five books of the Bible. And when you listen to this psalm, you will realize just how much he's in love with the Word of God. And that really challenged me because we haven't just got five books, have we? We've got, we've got 66 books of the Bible. And if you think about all the amazing stuff in those 66 books, all the way from Genesis to Revelation, there's, uh, there's stories, there's poetry, there's proverbs, there's... Um, uh, there's, there's laws and regulations, there's the actual life and words of Jesus Christ, there's letters written to churches, there's um, prophecies looking to the future. Think of all of those things that we have in the 66 books of the Bible. If this guy was this in love with the first five, how much more should we be in love with 66? If I said the words, in the beginning, what springs to mind for you in the beginning, I, I saw Genesis being whispered there. Yeah, so uh, that, that is one place we go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the first words of the Bible. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke light, and light happened. I'd love to have been there, but that's pretty awesome, isn't it? But where's the other place that we hear those words, in the beginning? It's at the the first words of um, John's gospel. So John writing about the life of Jesus. So John was one of Jesus' disciples writing about him. And John starts off in a a slightly more abstract way than the, the other writers, the other gospel writers. He starts off in a sort of poetic way. He says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. I love those words. So that's the third meaning of the word, word. Jesus Christ is the word. Jesus Christ, the word, was there before time began. He spoke time and all of creation into existence. He chose not to cling on to his heavenly privileges as the awesome God who can speak life into existence, but instead... He chose to step down into our world as a baby. He learned to walk and to talk. That's, I find that amazing. The God who is the word, who spoke all of creation into existence, humbled himself enough to come to earth and 
not even be able to, to talk to start with. And we've seen, those of us who are, uh, um, are regulars in the church, we've seen Josiah most recently uh, go from baby goo goo gaga to being able to talk, which is absolutely amazing. Jesus Christ did exactly the same thing. He showed us and told us the way that we should live. And his, his dying words as he hung on a cross, taking the punishment for our rebellious nature, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And finally, he said, it is finished. People will sometimes say that death has the final word. And to be fair, up until that moment, death did have the final word. But three days after Jesus died, he rose again. He conquered death. Death no longer has the final word. In the final book of the Bible, in Revelation, we, we get um, a picture of just multitudes, thousands of thousands of heavenly beings surrounding Jesus on his throne. And they're worshipping. They, they're using their voices, their words to worship him, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And we can join in with them, both now and when we get to heaven. Last week in Mark's sermon, he quoted Psalm 130, um, verse 5. And it, it, there it said, In his word I put my hope. And that's a challenge for each of us, isn't it? Where do you put your hope? Do you put your hope in the word? The word who is Jesus Christ, who gave us his word about how he wants to save us and how we can live an awesome life and how we can live with him forever. So we're going to read Psalm 119. As we read through this psalm, I'd encourage you to consider this as an act of worship to God. Now, we all worship and engage with uh, the Bible in different ways. Uh, so that's okay to do that while, we're, that while we're doing this as well. If you're a, a scribbler, if you're a note taker, if you've got some paper, if you, you know, get scribbling, if you've got an app on your phone, that's fine to scribble on that. There's some pens and some paper at the back if you want to grab those. Um, so some of us may want to make notes, maybe just a key verse that comes up and you just want to think about that, or perhaps... Uh, you want to use your time to note down all of the different words that are used in this psalm to convey uh, what the word is and what the author thinks of the word. Um, if you just want to colour and doodle, there's some sheets at the back there. Again, doesn't have to just be the kids. If that's how it helps you to focus, then that's fine. Um, and uh, there's also uh, some bingo sheets back there. <laughs> for the keywords, so if you, if you need a bit of help along the way, then you can have those, or the kids can have those. Anyway, all that stuff's at the back, if you want to have it. Um, but what I would encourage you to do, it, I, it, this is a long psalm, and it's okay if you drift a little bit and you think, oh, I've got to come back to that, that's okay. Um, but what I would encourage all of us to do is to, to actively participate in this. So actively tell yourself, I want to hear from God's word and I want to worship God through this. So let's do that. We're, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to invite our first reader up, who is Lucy. She looks like she's ready and raring to go. Um, let's pray.
Father God, we thank you for who you are. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. You are the word of God. You are the word. <laughs> Just want to thank you and praise you for who you are. And we, we want, to, want to ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to us now. Speak to us through your word. Thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. And we pray that you would speak to us now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Joyful are the people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only on his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I would not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me, teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Be good to your servants, that I may live and obey your word. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. I am only a foreigner in the land. Don't hide your commands from me. I am always overwhelmed with a desire for your regulations. You rebuke the arrogant. Those who wander from your commands are cursed. Don't let them scorn and insult me, for I have obeyed your laws. Even princes sit and speak against me, but I will meditate on your decrees. Your laws please me. They give me wise advice. I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. I told you my plans and you answered. Now teach me your decrees. Help me to understand the meaning of your commandments and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live by your regulations. I cling to your laws. Lord, don't let me be put to shame. I will pursue your commands, for you expand my understanding. Teach me your decrees, O Lord. I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding, and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for well, that is where my happiness is found. Give me an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Reassure me of your promise made to those who fear you. 
Help me to abandon my shameful ways, for your regulations are good. I long to obey your commandments, renew my life with your goodness. Lord, give me your unfailing love, the, sal <clears throat> the salvation that you promised me. Then I can answer those who taunt me, for I trust in your word. Do not snatch your word of truth from me, for your regulations are my only hope. I will keep on obeying your instructions forever and ever. I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. I will speak to kings about your laws, and I will not be ashamed. How, how I delight in your commands, how I love them. I honour and love your commands. I meditate on your decrees. Remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. The proud hold me in utter contempt, but I do not turn away from your instructions. I meditate on your age-old regulations. O oh Lord, they comfort me. I become furious with the wicked because they reject your instructions. Your decrees have been the theme of my songs wherever I have lived. I reflect at night on who you are, O oh Lord. Therefore, I obey your instructions. This is how I spend my life obeying your commandments. Lord, you are mine. I promise to obey your words. With all my heart, I want your blessings. Be merciful as you promised. I pondered the direction of my life and I turned to follow your laws. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. Evil people try to drag me into sin, but I am firmly anchored to your instructions. I rise at midnight to thank you for your just regulations. I am a friend to anyone who fears you, anyone who obeys your commandments. O oh Lord, your unfailing love fills the earth. Teach me your decrees. You have done many good things for me, Lord, just as you promised. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me. But now I closely follow your word. You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. Arrogant people smear me with lies, but in truth, I obey your commandments with all my heart. Their hearts are dull and stupid, but I delight in your instructions. My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. You made me, you created me, 
Now give me the sense to follow your commands. May all who fear you find in me a cause for joy, for I have put my hope in your word. I know, O Lord, that your regulations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. Now let your unfailing love comfort me, just as you promised me your servant. Surround me with your tender mercies so I may live, for your instructions are my delight. Bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lied about me. Meanwhile, I will concentrate on your commandments. Let me be united with all who fear you, with those who know your laws. May I be blameless in keeping your decrees. Then I will never be ashamed. I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? I am shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, but I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. How long must I wait? When will you punish those who persecute me? These arrogant people who hate your instructions have dug deep pits to trap me. All your commands are trustworthy. Protect me from those who hunt me down without cause. They almost finish me off, but I refuse to abandon your commandments. In your unfailing love, spare my life. Then I can continue to obey your laws. Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation, as enduring as the earth you created. Your regulations remain true to this day, for everything serves your plans. If your instructions hadn't sustained me with joy, I would have died in my misery. I will never forget your commandments, for by them you give me life. I am yours. Rescue me. For I have worked hard at obeying your commandments. Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. Even perfection has its limits, but your commands have no limit. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I am always thinking of your laws. I am even wiser than my elders, for I have kept your commandments. I have refused to walk on any evil path, so that I may remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your regulations, for you have taught me well. How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. Now wonder I hate, sorry, no wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once and I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. I have suffered much, O oh Lord. Restore my life again as you promised. Lord, accept my offering of praise and teach me your regulations. 
My life constantly hangs in the balance, but I will not stop obeying your instructions. The wicked have set their traps for me, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. I am determined to keep your decrees to the very end. I hate those with divided loyalties, but I love your instructions. You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. Get out of my life, you evil-minded people, for I intend to obey the commands of my God. Lord, sustain me as you promised, that I may live. Do not let my hope be crushed. Sustain me and I will be rescued. Then I will meditate continually on your decrees. But you have rejected all who stray from your decrees. They are only fooling themselves. You skim off the wicked of the earth like scum. No wonder I love to obey your laws. I tremble in fear of you. I stand in awe of your regulations. Don't leave me to the mercy of my enemies, for I have done what is just and right. Please guarantee a blessing for me. Don't let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes strain to see your rescue, to see the truth of your promise fulfilled. I am your servant. Deal with me in unfailing love and teach me your decrees. Give discernment to me, your servant. Then I will understand your laws. Lord, it is time for you to act, for these evil people have violated your instructions. Truly, I love your commands more than gold, even the finest gold. Each of your commandments is right, and that is why I hate every false way. Your laws are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. The teaching of your word gives light, so even the simple can understand. I pant with expectation, longing for your commands. Come and show me your mercy, as you do for all who love your name. Guide my steps by your word, so I will not be overcome by evil. Ransom me from the oppression of evil people. Then I can obey your commandments. Look upon me with love. Teach me your decrees. Rivers of tears gush from my eyes because people disobey your instructions. O oh Lord, you are righteous and your regulations are fair. Your laws are perfect and completely trustworthy. I am overwhelmed with indignation, for my enemies have disregarded your words. Your promises have been thoroughly tested. That is why I love them so much. I am in, in, insignificant and despised, but I do not forget your commandments commandments. Your justice is eternal and your instructions are perfectly true. As pressure and stress bear me down, I find joy in your commandments. Your laws are always right. Help me to understand them so I may live. I pray with all my heart. Answer me, Lord. I will obey your decrees. I cry out to you, rescue me, that I may obey your laws. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. I stay awake through the night, thinking about your promise. In your faithful love, O Lord, hear me cry. Let me be revived by following your regulations. Lawless people are coming to attack me. 
they live far from your instructions. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commands are true. I have known from my earliest days that your laws will last forever. Look upon my suffering and rescue me, for I have not forgotten your instructions. Argue my case, take my side, protect my life as you have promised. The wicked are far from rescue, for they have not bothered with your decrees. Lord, how great is your mercy. Let me be revived by following your regulations. Many persecute and trouble me, yet I've not swerved from your laws. Seeing these traitors makes me sick at heart, because they care nothing for your word. See, I love your commandments, Lord. Give back my life because of your unfailing love. The very essence of your word is truth. All of your regulations will stand forever. Powerful people harass me without cause, but my heart trembles only by your word. I rejoice in your word like one who discovers a great treasure. I hate and abhor all falsehood, but I love your instructions. I'll praise you seven times a day because all of your regulations are just. Those who love your instructions that are great, peace, and do not trouble. I long for your rescue, Lord, so I have obeyed your commands. I have obeyed your laws, for I have loved them very much. Yes, I obey your commandments and laws because you know everything I do. O oh Lord, listen to my cry. Give me the discerning mind you promised. Listen to my prayer. Rescue me as you promised. Let praise flow from my lips. For you have taught me your decrees. Let my tongue sing about your word. For all your commandments are right. Give me a helping hand. For I have chosen to follow your commandments. O oh Lord, I have longed for your rescue. And your instructions are my delight. So let me live so I can praise you. And may your regulations help me. I have wandered away like a lost sheep. Come and find me. For I have not forgotten your commands. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the, the depth and breadth of, of what you have given us in the Bible. Thank you so much for the, just how much there is there. And God, I, I pray that you would, you would help each one of us to be able to delve into your word deeper. I pray that um, the moments when we do open your word, whether it's um, just reading a verse for the day or it's an in-depth study, I pray that you would reveal who you are to us. Yeah, I pray that you would come alive to us through the word that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> 